On this all-new episode of Discologist, we're talking about new music that we love from Carly Brill and St. Panther, and then we're setting the Wayback Machine for 1975 to take a trip through Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes classic album, Wake Up Everybody. So strap in, it's about to get groovy. does that music that's pretty you know you know yeah. something we didn't talk about uh we didn't give any like credits like in a movie or anything that was the last time so uh we, no, we, we yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so, so this is all this is all us but uh but the music is actually right now uh done by all me my project maximilian and the reinhardt uh there's going to be music floating in and out of this like interstitial music uh that is related to that i I uh, was thinking about this this afternoon. I like this idea of kind of open sourcing this because we are going to have people on, like we said, to sort of join us in these discussions. Um, so if you're listening and you're like, hey, I, I I also like to make music. I like to fuck around with that a little. And you're like, I would like to make a theme or I would like to make something that would like to feature in your in your uh, station breaks, if you will, and stuff. Uh, send it to me. Send it Kevin at chunkyglasses.com and uh, put, I don't know what, uh, podcast music in the subject and, and we'll take a listen to it and uh, work on it. I, I, we'll, we'll get to the podcast real quick. I worked with your friend and my friend Jordan over Christmas and it was the first time I had worked yeah. with somebody uh, on a song like that. It came together super quick uh, and uh, it was highly fucking enjoyable. That's that's all. <laughs> it was it was fun yeah, to watch. Yeah, it was it was, yeah. and and the and the end result is really fun yeah. to listen to. It's not fun. It's 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 uh, soul crushing and sad. But yeah, um, but it's fun yeah. It would have been great if Radio Milwaukee had played it, but you know they didn't. <laughs> it's neither neither here nor there. They're ignoring ignoring the talent in the um, backyard. But let's get on with the show. This is this is the this is the podcast as it is sort of meant to be here. Uh, so we're gonna play a, a few tracks. This is the last time we're gonna set up how the show is too we're gonna play a few tracks we're gonna discuss an album this week we're discussing uh harold melvin and the blue notes uh 1975 album wake up everybody and uh that's sort of i i don't know where to place it if people know it if people don't i didn't you didn't and that's why we're doing it uh also because january is slow right it's like <laughs> yeah well well we're also set i mean this is not you're not always going to hear us talking about current releases or contemporary right. music here so i like that this sets a tone that just you know some you know for 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 episode two we might go back to the to the to philly soul yeah, in the 70s yeah. it's, a, it's a good place to go before that though uh you know we spent the past two weeks sort of digging around through emails and algorithms and youtubes and stuff to find some tracks we want to share with you uh you went first on the last show so i'm gonna go first uh this time and yes. and you know i've mentioned that i really enjoy country and we've talked a lot about sort of the inside baseball of this, of how we come by pitches. This one came to me in an email. Uh, it's a track by an artist in Nashville named Carly Brill. Um, she has actually had a, had a minor career. Uh, she put out a, a uh, Christmas album 
in, I think, like 2016 and then competed in a competition where she won a nationwide competition. And so she wow. she's from California originally and was able to uh, go record a bunch of songs, release them under the name Sonora. It's it's a, actually a really great EP uh, because one thing, this girl can sing, <laughs> but she can also uh, she can also play guitar. And she also gave me a little homework in this and just studying this. Uh, the name of the song is called Hey Little Girl. And uh, it is very much in the vein of she and him, which I think anybody who okay. knows me knows that might not be my favorite. So we'll talk about that. That's no, not it's not my wheelhouse. wheelhouse. But um, <laughs> but but I think just solid craftsmanship is uh, this song was written using a method called the Nashville number system. And it's a method of just transcribing music. And that's about all I know about it. And that's sad because I've played guitar since I was 16 and I'm going to be 50. Um, so I now have homework because I, I started looking into this. I'm like, this is fascinating. Like how this works. I know Rusty uh, Sutton has talked about this before, uh, but it's just a way of, of uh, simplifying music theory so that you can literally play any song. It, it, it's absolutely fascinating. Uh, but so is so is her work. Uh, she has a bunch of YouTubes up on the YouTube where she covers stuff like Total Eclipse of the Heart, uh, cover songs, Fleetwood Mac Dreams and stuff. This is her own song, though. So this is Hey Little Girl from Carly Brill. And uh, we'll see what you think about it. People will get you down 
It's Carly Brill with Hey Little Girl. Uh, Eduardo, talk to me. <laughs> Kevin, you found you found a song I really yes! like. <laughs> um, not not um, you know that song. That song has a has a lot of uh, elements that um, uh, a disinterested listener might say would appeal to me. Um, but it's really, um, it's really, it's really lovely. I really, I really, I really enjoyed, um, you know, the way it starts. There's a little bit of that sort of, um, the production was sort of jumping out at me a little bit. And I thought, oh, there's sort of like a John Bryan, like a sort of a little bit of a canned symphony effect here. And then the song shifts, uh, uh, seems to shift, uh, seems to shift tempo a little bit. And there's like a little waltz-like, it, it doubles. Yeah. There's like a, yeah, a double yeah. time. And then there's like a little waltz moment. And coming out of the chorus, there's a sort of uh, Carly Simon or Carol King yep. type feeling. It gives you so many different looks. Um, it, it reminds me a little bit of uh, like that Madeline Kenny record yeah. we talked about a yeah, couple of sure, years man. ago. For it's sure. in sort of in that same it's, gear. Yeah, it's yeah, it's nice. It. And, uh, and I don't often use this word, but it's nice and bubbly. Um, but it's not, but yeah. it's not like, it's not weightless. Um, this is, she said, this is a song about sort of like a, a, a letter to her younger self. And she didn't realize that until she was like halfway through writing. It was like, Oh shit, this is, this is but, but it's, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's got this like almost classic, like Nashville pop sound to it. What a lot of people are doing there. I think what's fascinating is that she doesn't like she doesn't have a deal. She doesn't. This came straight from her. Uh, this is one of the, honestly one of the best email pitches I've seen. Simply because, uh, and take notes, people. All the materials were there. <laughs> Everything was available. It wasn't yeah. like, hey, I just put this out. Why don't you check it out? And then like, okay, where do I get the stuff? How do I find out more about you? There's a one sheet. There's an ad that they ran. There's uh, there's the files themselves that I can link to. I mean, it's fantastic. This is this is pro level work. And uh, yeah. and and I'm kind of excited. Apparently, she's supposed to have two more singles out this year. So uh, we'll like definitely be keeping an eye on this uh, because. What a what a generous, lovely little you know the the idea you know the idea of being able to laugh at, at things that you've done yeah. wrong and sort of giving yourself permission to screw up is such a, such a generous, such a kind yeah. sentiment. And uh, I had um, as someone who's not sure if he's doing everything wrong right, right now, right or not, the idea that I have permission to laugh at myself well, you, for it is really you did get that really galaxy light. So, so I did, I did. So, Shout out to so Evan you're and Megan. not doing that wrong. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with no. That. Uh, so yeah, Carly <laughs> Brill, Hey Little Girl, there'll be a link in the show notes and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll hook all that up. So what do you got? That's really lovely. I'm going to go a slightly different direction here. Okay. Um, and this was, this was someone who was, who was pitched really interestingly, um, uh, during the pandemic. And it's just not someone that, that we were able to really mm-hmm. get into at that time. But I, I was sort of going through a couple of older songs that I hadn't listened to in a while. And, these days by Saint Panther really just jumped out at me. Um, it's such a such a lovely um, and well produced song. It's got a, a bass line that's just just feels rock solid and is kind of nimble and classical and um, and thoughtful. And then you have a song that that I I can't tell what energy the song is. I can't tell if it's a, a determined song about moving on. I can't tell if it's a sad song about staying put. I can't tell if it's about fear. Uh, or, you know, the, I, I just, I, and I love that tension. I love that tension in the way the song is structured. So let me get out of the way and let's listen to These Days by St. Panther.
out there kevin I, I, i'm glad i asked you like uh, this sounds like something that would be on the uh insecure soundtrack and, and it and it legit was uh i i cheated a little and looked this up uh before because we're, we're usually not listening to our tracks or anything so i just looked it up i didn't i didn't look too yeah. deep into it though but if you look into it she doesn't even have an album out yet like that's fascinating yeah. and yeah. uh and you know we've heard I, i've got a few things in the inbox uh, from her, but uh, I would imagine she's gonna be involved with uh, Issa Radio, which is which is the her, Issa Ray has a new like music company uh, that it's called Radio, and it's just uh, because of all the shit she saw making uh, making Insecure and how bad it was, she's like, I'm gonna do this better, and she probably will. So I hope uh, Saint Panther is like working with her at that. I, what surprises me about that is what uh, I expect uh, from something like that and also uh, from you to pick a track to be way more uh, indie and fussy. And that is is very uh, – you, you kind of – it starts off hinting at R&B and it doesn't change but you settle into it and like accept it as, oh, this is R&B. Yeah. Yeah, it has a very unassuming soulfulness. Yeah. Um and and you can see there there are some lovely longer versions of this where she's playing with with you know with uh with the jazz mafia, yeah. I think is one of them. Um and you can sort of see what this song is like when it gets stretched out for for seven minutes and um and you have live instrumentation. But um so Saint Panther Daniela Bojorges Giraldo um is an artist to watch in 2022 according to uh according to some pitches and I think in fact yeah. she is she's you've 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 heard her her sort of sonic palette expanding in in what she has out and I cannot wait to see her on that she played two shows on the east coast and one of them I had tickets to see Faye Webster that night and oh, I couldn't played go with Faye so Webster? that makes that makes um, no, it was, it was the same oh, night. Oh, I was okay, seeing Faye okay. Webster in Boston, and she was playing, and and uh, St. Panther was playing in Brooklyn that night, and it was not practical for me to go. So, Daniela, if you are listening, please, please, please play the East Coast, and I'll come, come see play you Milwaukee. A bunch of times. <laughs> come play Milwaukee. Yes, hey, play man, Milwaukee. Hey, man, what do you think? You this, this show is based in two places, man. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that's actually uh, fantastic. I'll, I'll be... Uh, I'm trying to get that because I want to hear. I want to hear what else is in that. I anytime the potential for live instrumentation like that is there, 
I'm going to perk up and I'm going to, I'm going to think like, well, this is, this might be something like truly great. And that just sounds, yeah. Like you said, it sounds like you could, it could open up into anything. And I think that's, you know, that's something that both of today's songs have in common a little Mm -hmm. bit. They're songs that use kind of interesting and slightly different um, approaches. You know, they, 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 they use some sounds that you wouldn't be expecting uh, to hear necessarily. And they're both songs that kind of invite you in and then, and then sort of pull a number on you as you get comfortable. So St. Panther and Carly Brill, two artists that we like uh, this week. And uh, now let's take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about something that I very much like. I have no idea what you think about it, Eduardo, so we're going to find out. Many of you, will, I hope you know it. Uh, if not, then uh, we've got a lot of work to do in a short period of time in Warner. That is Teddy Pendergrass. He's the <laughs> uh, lead singer of Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. He used to be the drummer, um, but then a little lineup shifts as that happens, and uh, he ended up being the singer and then ended up being one of the biggest uh, R&B uh, superstars. I, I just think just superstars in general uh, in the world. Let's tell the world how I feel about you. Uh, you get a vibe of disco. You get a vibe of what was coming in his, later in his career. Uh, I think he is the one credited with Quiet Storm, actually. If I remember that correctly. Uh, and, you know, there's a bunch of albums after this that are his just solo albums that all sound like that. And it's all about Teddy Pendergrass being sexy. Uh, but, <laughs> but... Uh, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, on the other hand, uh, they they were they were kind of a sexy group. Uh, they were on Philadelphia International Able, uh, which was run by Kenneth Gamble and Leon Huff, both songwriters. Uh, there's a fantastic interview, I believe it's Fresh Air, that we'll put in the show notes with them talking about the history of that. They're just they've released a couple uh, compilations of 
that label. And I think they're about to release another one. But uh, these guys are some of two of the greatest songwriters in history. Uh, and we're talking about bands like this, Melvin, uh, Melvin Hound and the Blue Notes, or Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. We're talking about the OJs. We're talking about Billy Paul. It's me and Mrs. Jones, Patti LaBelle, Lou Rawls. Between 1971 and the early 80s, they released more than 170 gold and platinum albums. Right? Wow. It's a yeah, you've, you've heard this sound, whether or not you know it or not, but. Um, Harold was integral to the sound. He was a pianist, so he sat in on a bunch of sessions. Uh, and then he had his own band. Uh, this was the fourth album uh, with Ted Pendergrass in the lead and the fourth official album there. This was the second album of 1975 for them. Wow. And wow, you heard disco there, but this album st- stands out because the, the album prior to that uh, was also kind of disco. Disco was coming up. It wasn't at its peak, but it was like right there in the sweet spot where all the stuff on R&B radio was starting to pick up on it before it got into the, okay. the white people clubs, basically. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, but uh, the cover of this album is, and and the title track for this album is is a really interesting move by a band that was basically known as kind of a, a suit and tie band, Right. You see any picture of them, and, the, and they're like they're yeah. they're a little buttoned down, you know. But but the cover is this like verdant valley uh, with a huge head of of a black man with an afro coming up out of it, and a flower in his hair. Uh, this is post what's going on, um, so obviously that's in the water. People trying to do that uh, type of work. Uh, the title track for it, "Wake Up Everybody," is in fact. The only song like that on the album, <laughs> right? Um, right. The other, the other tracks are, and even "Wake Up Everybody." You might not necessarily th- look at that and immediately know that it's like an issue song or it's a political song. But when you look at the other title tracks, it's clear that those songs are not issue right. songs. That those are bread and butter, you know, R and B sort of sad boy yes. kind of stuff. But there's also a mega hit on yeah. here that we're going to get to. But I, I want to, I want to play a little bit of "Wake Up Everybody" because. Um, these are littered all throughout uh, the history of soul of R and B, right up to our friend Ab, uh, who who makes music like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now I'm kicking myself for not reaching out to Ab and be like, "Hey, do you want to sit in on this?" Because I guarantee you, uh, he knows this album. Uh, but this is this is the title track for this, and this is just a from for my money, one of the best songs like this uh, that exists in this time period uh it's right up there with what's going on and uh so this is wake up everybody from harold melvin and the blue notes wake up everybody no more sleeping in bed no more back thinking time for thinking ahead the world has changed so very much from what it used to be there's so much hatred war and poverty Oh, 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 wake up all the teachers, time to teach a new way. Maybe then they'll listen to what you have to say. They're the ones who's coming up, and the world is in their hands. When you teach the children to jump the very best can. No 
if we just let it be. Na 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 na. The world won't get no better. We gotta change it now, just you and me. Wake up, all the doctors, make the old people well. They're the ones who suffer and who catch all the hell. They don't have so very long before their judgment day. So won't you make them happy before they pass away? Wake up all the builders, time to build a new land. I know we could do it if we all lend a hand. The only thing we have to do is put it in our minds. Surely things will work out. They do it every time. The world won't get no better if we just let it be. The world won't get no better. We gotta change it now, just you and me. Wake Up Everybody by Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. That is carrying on a tradition that they themselves set on their first album. I Miss You is a fantastic song. It clocks in at 8 minutes and 38 seconds. It clocks in at 7 minutes and 32 seconds. Uh, and it, and it, it goes on you know, to uh, yeah, Teddy just talking to you, man. Just talking to you. But like, <laughs> what, a, what a beautiful and direct message that uh, if this hasn't been used in some like democratic campaign so far like they better like the world won't get no better if we just let it be yeah. and then it, and then it's a well, litany it, of things that they consider to be contributing to the social good and they all do they're all like yeah. we need education we need doctors we need kindness we need all it's it's amazing and and to hear it it's just uh it, i don't know it made me feel good man there's there's something about the um, this this time period that I find really interesting because uh, clearly if you're a Philly soul act you need to you need to uh, you need to sell out concert halls and you need to get people out to shows and dancing and so you can't have an entire record necessarily that's going to be uh, issues oriented at the same time if you want to make some kind of social statement. Um, you know, Marv, Marvin Gaye, you know, there's a reason it's called what's going on and not just what Marvin thinks is going on right. or a few thoughts from right, Marvin. Right, it's right, the idea right. that I'm going to capture reality. And part of capturing the reality of the African-American experience in the U.S. is talking about some of these things. And, 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 and that feels like the approach here, which is very much sort of like, you know, sneaking in this really substantive song um, into a set that's that's otherwise really just superficially kind of fun and easy to enjoy, but it does all the things that you want a good song from the seventies to do, which is to say, you know, it's got the sort of the little bongos that Curtis Mayfield, yeah. uh, made, you know, uh, made dinner out of a couple times. Um, it's, it's got, you know, when Teddy really stands out and starts, uh, not talking to you, but exhorting people to go out and, and, and do this thing and to wake yeah. up. And to that point, if you, um, something I learned today is that this song was re-recorded in 2004 Whoa. For the presidential Holy campaign. Holy shit, was it? Yes. It was. Um, there is a 2004 version coinciding with uh, with that election. 
Um, and uh, a lot of people were involved. Missy Elliott, Akon, Jadakiss, Jamie Foxx, Mary J. Blige, um, Nate Dogg, uh, Wyclef. Um, a bunch of folks were involved in this. And there was another re-recording um, that I can't quite date, but I think involves John Legend and the Roots. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, so this song, this song is is punching a little bit above its weight, uh, which is really cool to see. It's it's not, uh, you know, it's a it's a moment that, to your point, you know, Ab Ab would be able to point to, and I think others who care about uh, how important ideas found their way into popular music. This is a great example of of a of a band that would wear suits and that wanted to sing sweet songs about a sad girl and a sad boy or whatever, suddenly saying, also, yeah. <laughs> it's up to us to, to keep the world from being a worse place. Yeah, and then, and then it goes on, like you said, it goes on to, to a more standard mode. Um, this was Pendergrass's last record with them. Uh, he stayed on that label, so like they were working together. He just wasn't in this group. Uh, and um, it it the, the first half of the album still kind of sticks with this like keep on loving you is a lot smoother uh than the normal work by the band uh but it's also uh sits within that realm of songs where people are like uh especially african americans at that time and now uh are like we have to really love each other and learn how to love each other and do that and not in like a sexual healing type of way uh because because that gets yeah. a little awkward uh and it's something that uh pendergrass actually never did like to his credit he's he he just I, I was I was describing this to somebody the other night where, you know, and specifically that song by Marvin Gaye, Sexual Healing. Marvin would come out and be like, yeah, I'm just saying I'm, I'm about to fuck all y'all. <laughs> like, that, that's what I'm about. <laughs> yeah. Teddy would come out yeah. and he was about that. And then every woman and maybe every man in the audience knew like they were like, yeah, I'm going to get with you. But he never said it. He made it. <laughs> he, he just made it like sensual, like it, it which is a big difference. Yeah. Uh, and he and he was had insane talent for that. Um, there's a duet in here with Sharon Page, uh, who was a, a big part of this label, big part of the band's success after this. They went on and she was the vocalist. So um, and uh, that one is, again, it's like a litany of like, hey, touch me there. Hey, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> pre quiet storm, you know, where, where you're supposed to. But yeah. then we get to. <laughs> this album don't leave me this way and i th i have always thought i listened to a lot of this kind of music and i can place it and i know it and i love when something i get just like whiplash being like wait a minute that's not why this, is this here this is and then here. i have to go and look and like is this <laughs> yeah. a cover and then i'm like holy shit no they made it i'm just gonna play it right now yeah um and then we come back, you're going to know exactly what you just heard. So uh, here's Don't Leave Me This Way by Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes.
definitely know that from a disco hit from one Thelma Houston. Uh, she recorded that two years later. Um, but this is like when you discover this version of this song, there's it's such a, a antecedent to like big disco that was coming in the next year or two, right before disco died out, actually. And, you know, it's got what sounds like because remember, the Blue Notes are shit hot as a band. They're amazing. So it's got what sounds yeah. like Grant Green going on in there when, when Pendergrass is above it, like you, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And then it kicks into the chorus and abandons everything and gets that like sort of stomp on the floor, the hot, open hi-hat that you know from every single disco song. And it's, it's yeah. amazing. And it's so – and like no matter how many times you listen to that, you're like, oh, this is a fucking mega jam. Yeah. It is. It is. It's a surprising. It's 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 one of those moments where when when I was listening to this record the first time and you realize what song that is, you're like, wait a minute, yeah. I I know this. How did how did this how did this end up here? And as you just described, it's that great moment of just like, well, where did they get it from? Oh, this is theirs. Mm-hmm. They invented this. Okay. Um, or you know, Kenneth Gamble and and yeah. Leon Huff and apparently Carrie yes. Gilbert. Uh, um, and that's the that's the that's the sort of structure behind um the the label right the philly yeah. international label yeah they yeah. they wrote a bunch of songs they just produced this but uh they weren't writing as many songs at this point they were just letting letting people would do their own thing but this they stepped in they they wrote the song and like if you consider like all the hits that they had like most of them are just on like the oj's backstabbers like the first album like it's just like every song is a yeah. hit on that yeah. but uh, but all the all the hits they had prior to this, and then they get to 1975, and they're like, "Not done. <laughs> let's let's get it." Well, well, this this sound is so is so interesting to me because you know I hadn't really associated it with with disco that closely because because what I hear coming out of this is much more the sort of like R and B and funk and. And I see that they're that that the direction that they're about that that this music is going to go in is going to be much more sort of, um, you know, Grover Washington leading into eighties R and B, and I and I I don't always connect the sounds like the ones we just heard. So those strings and those chord changes, I don't think of them as also leading to, I don't know, Sylvester or 
any number of right. other sort of like early disco prototypes because this feels to me a little bit more like, you know, tapestries hanging off the wall, a little bit more like earthy and crunchy. But but it really is um, teeing up big disco in a really in a really fun way. And the other thing that that the strings on here make me think about, um, and I had to look this up as we were listening to to wake mm-hmm. up everybody. Um, we're still a year out from songs in the key of life right. being released by Stevie Wonder, <laughs> and that is a that is a definitive sort of soulful strings talking about important issues record and and you know hearing wake up everybody and knowing that we were still like ten or so months from songs in the key of life seeing the light of day is really is really eye opening and just speaks to how how interesting this moment was that Stevie was about to deliver this sort of timeless and important record. Um, and here uh, you have um, Harold Melvin and, and and the Teddy Prendergast crew having to sort of sneak in an issue song onto an otherwise straight ahead uh, sort of soul well, disco and I record. I think it shows how influential uh, not just this band was, but uh, Gamble and Huff were uh, as well. Not just on Stevie Wonder. I mean, like, Stevie Wonder, there's always whenever something like this happens, there's always somebody who is just like a, a master of it, better at it. And there's it, it many, many, many ways uh, Stevie Wonder. Uh, which is not to say he wasn't doing stuff like this before, but uh, he definitely perfected it on songs in the key of life. But also you, you mentioned like eighties R and B it's weird to me still to hear Pendergrass now, like in, in 75 and, and in like earlier and understand that he was doing that in 1972, for example, and then hear the same vibe that he's basically doing the same thing in 1982 and 1985, but everybody followed him. Like everybody yeah. lined up behind Pendergrass and was like, Oh yeah, that shit you did with Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. I, I think that's pretty good. Um, and and he, he wasn't the only one to be clear, but, but he was such a massive figure in, in that scene. Uh, you can't like once, once you go down the Pendergrass, rabbit hole i i don't it, it, you you can't help but hear him in everything yeah yeah and i have to admit he's someone that that i don't i don't you know i only know bits and pieces of his career i don't sort yeah. of know it chronologically and, and this is a good excuse to jump in to ask sort of like a, a big maybe dumb hot take type question is 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 philly soul not given enough do um, do we spend all of our time thinking about kind of Detroit and Muscle Shoals and and not enough time thinking about Philly? Because I'll admit it's not, you know, it, it usually takes me, you know, the better part of like two seconds to remember that Philly soul is a thing when I'm thinking about Philadelphian music. It doesn't doesn't jump to mind the way it does. For uh, this is not backed up by data because uh, I did not anticipate this question, <laughs> but it could be backed. It could be backed <laughs> up by data. Um, I think if you look at the charts, uh, you'll see that it did not chart as high as as Motown, uh, stuff like that. Interesting. Uh, yeah. and, and for the simple reason, it came along later. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, not much later, but it did come along later, uh, especially this label. Um, and so it was kind of the second wave. I know people like in Philly, for example, take it very seriously. Like if you talk to like Questlove mm-hmm. from the roots mm-hmm. or just the roots in general um hollow notes you know is, is out yeah. of that they played with all these guys they were in these guys bands yeah. so like you know, people often think of hollow notes as some like kitschy like 80s band but like no way man like 
Like they're able yeah. to do they're they're There's able to do what they do because they took like like master classes, doctorate level classes, like playing all this stuff. That was their job. Um so uh, and they still do that. Like if you see them in concert or I think uh, Daryl Hall is just releasing a retrospective and stuff. And, you, you know, they still work all these classics into their sets. This is this is in their DNA. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I I tend to think that it gets a little short shrift. Uh, it is some of my favorite music, though. Um, Motown's easy. Yeah, Motown's definitely... easy. Motown's airtight. Uh, same as anything with the Wrecking Crew, you know. Um, right. This is a little uh, a little greasier. That's a good. That's a yeah, good word for it. It, um, it. it just feels it feels more like common man. I don't. I don't know why. Yeah. 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 No. I. 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 I, I hear that. Um, and I think I see it too. It. It. it what. What this album. Um, left me thinking about too was as you mentioned i think last episode that you know at one point we even thought this might be called like crate diggers or something like that and to be talking about you know this is exactly the kind of record that you should look for when you're out uh looking for used vinyl um and this is a this is just a nice little collection i don't have it myself so i'll be looking to find it out in the wild i don't think it'll oh man let me tell you there is no harold melvin in the blue notes out in the wild yeah wow all right, famous yes. last words. I, I am. I, what, I uh, took you to a place that was most likely to have it. Uh, Bullseye Records yeah. here in Milwaukee, none. And when I asked him about it, they're like, he just laughed at me. I'm like, ah, what's that about? He's like, you're Damn not it. gonna find it. <laughs> like, all right, I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna hold on to some faith yeah. that I will. Maybe hit up. We'll say it could be. It could be a decade. HR listener. Records in uh, DC. Yeah, that, that's my first. That's yeah. my first bet. Yeah, yeah. We're doing ads now. <laughs> um yeah so so uh this yeah. is yeah this is a fantastic album uh and and i feel like this is a reason like pull this thread uh this is not my favorite Her- harold melvin albums and i don't say that to mean i don't like the album i my favorite one is is the first one um uh because of that song i miss you and it's just it's a fantastic piece where it also has uh if you don't know me by now which which Ooh. very similar to the, the track we just heard you, I, I mean, I'm about, I'm about three fifty. So I grew up in the eighties. Simply Red did that song. Nobody on the radio mm-hmm. where I lived said that was Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. Nobody said that was Teddy Pendergrass. Nobody. I had no way of knowing. I'm just yeah. like, oh, this is just this weird white dude from England. That's a good song. He likes soul music. Great. And I didn't discover it until like much, much later. And then now a song like that is so perfect. They should like practically erase simply reds version. Just be like, you can't, you can't have it. <laughs> you, you just, you, you, you great, great <laughs> that you made back. a hit, but like you just, no, like, it can't exist anymore. Yeah. And, and that, I think, I think you find a lot of those moments in this band's career. So at the very least pull the thread gotcha. on Harold Melvin and the blue notes, but really the whole Philadelphia international like label is just stacked. Uh, yeah, this is a big this is a big branch. Yeah. There's there's a track, there's yeah. even a track we were gonna play, um, this woman Kat Fontaine and the Society Hill Orchestra, um, that does pretty much exclusively Philadelphia international songs. 
This is, a, this okay. is a slightly older woman, um, and uh, she gets up with this band and like knocks these out. And I went and looked and saw everything they did, and it's all this work, um, just reinterpreted, like bringing oh. it forward. So somebody is out there, like, no, this Philly soul stuff is is super important, and they're going to keep it going. But uh, good, yeah. I need to. I'm 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 part of I'm part of uh, the under recognizing of it because I need to spend yeah. more time with it. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. Go out and get it. Harold Mill, uh, listen to it, stream it if you can get it. it if you can find and, it, send it to me and Ed. <laughs> and what and what and watch some Teddy Prendergrass stuff. And if you find yourself aroused or moved in a certain way, remember sexuality is a spectrum, and you can move a couple of points over <laughs> and still still be still be confident and secure. And I am you going are. to put so many links in the show notes. There's a fantastic documentary. There's that. Uh, there's a, a video of a concert that he did. There's just like and. And Pendergrass, you know, tragically, he was in a car wreck. Uh, he died not terribly long ago, like I think a decade ago, uh, maybe a yeah. little more. And um, but he couldn't walk for the rest of his life. Um, and that was uh, it was extremely tragic. But you've got this whole body of work before that. That's absolutely stunning, um, including this. Uh, so that's about it. Uh, unless you have anything more to add. Did, did we want to talk about the uh, Ted Joya piece? Real quick, <laughs> I don't think we do. But um, did you? Well, let's give um, let's let's give let's give it some time. You want to give us some time in this one? Let's let let's let let's let let's let the, the, the we can do bonus episodes now. Yeah, now. we yeah we can. Let's let let's let let's let tempers okay. tempers. Okay, flare we'll, down. we'll do a bonus episode. Yeah. So we're we're gonna be we're gonna get off these mics. We're going to go look for music, and then we're gonna come up with the hottest takes of the uh, Ted Joy piece. <laughs> so, awesome. good seeing you, man. We will talk soon.